healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the next man. Welcome back to the Basement Home Music Lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, and I am uh, back behind the desk. Uh, off of vacation. Hope you guys had a good one. You guys seem to enjoy our uh, little little living color podcast here, talking about stain, which uh, that was uh, I touched my heart. That's something that I've been I've been sort of obsessing over for damn near twenty five years, and uh, I love that album. And it's good to know that uh, you guys do too, and wanted to hear us talk about it. Uh, so thanks for that. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a few things that uh, I think you might be talking about in years to come as well. Uh, we're going to talk about a band called Brothers Osborne, two brothers, obviously, from Nashville. They have a new album out called Port St. Joe. Uh, this sort of lines up in our country series. And um, and along with that, uh, we're going to have a little discussion about country uh, music journalism or just music journalism in general. You know, we have um, the, uh, the, the journalistic response to Casey Musgrave's album was kind of odd and hyperbolic but not really if, if you know how music journalism works uh, and then just the other day Kendrick Lamar uh, won a Pulitzer for uh, not his best album uh, not even his second best album um, so uh, deserves every bit of honor uh, everybody accolade that he, he gets but uh, I still contend there's a reason he lost to Bruno Mars at the Grammys it is that particular type of organization and Bruno Mars made the superior album for that particular type of uh, market and organization. That's where I stand. But we're going to be talking about that. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to play a little track from a band that's been gone a little while, but uh, now they're back, the Moondoggies from Washington State. They, uh, they're, I uh, think, a little headier My Morning Jacket, if that's possible. But they're, uh, they're the jam. And that's what we're going to do. So uh, my friends Marcus Dowling and uh, Philip Bassnight are waiting down in the basement for us. Uh, if you guys are ready, let's head on down there to uh, a conversation already in progress about music journalism, and then we're going to review the new album from Brothers Osborne, Port St. Joe. This is what we've asked for. Right, we've asked for country oh, artists no. to we, like say we, the thing. We, I, you've been trolling me on I on, on G Chat about my prediction yeah. about this. <laughs> We're gonna talk about that, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, so I didn't have to like blindside you with this. No, shit. no. Um, Ever since Viv came into came into the basement, I'm, yeah. I'm now officially not blindsided anymore. Okay, now, now you're ready for it. <laughs> yeah, now I'm ready. Now I've got my well, cards up. Well, that was egregious, and that, that's a good that's a good uh, good segue into what we're going to talk about. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about Brothers Osborne here, uh, which is a band that um, they're from Odenton, Maryland, or the, originally from Odenton, uh, Deal, Maryland. I think is the name of the place. It's out on the Eastern Shore. We're going to get more into that. 
Uh, before that, uh, we have not done any type of like issue talk or anything for quite a while. It's been a minute, right? Well, there's been no issues really. Like issue, <laughs> right. like, issue issues. <laughs> the big issues have been going on, like you know, in right. are, are we are we going to get nuked today? Exactly. Uh, um, th- our usual country panel could not be here, uh, but I think this we don't need Eduardo because we got you. Phil. Eduardo was eaten by locusts. Hey, hey. Yep. Um, happens. Like yeah, he was. By middle age, that's what yeah. he's done. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, in we recently reviewed Casey Musgraves' record, yes, we and did. Um, and just yesterday, and I think this ties in together too. Uh, Kendrick Lamar received the Pulitzer for "Damn," um, which you can. I posted it there. You can look it up. Uh, it was you, me, more, and uh, Ian Taranji, and I said at the time, I said it was. a Try it record. It's not his best work. It's not, and I'll stand by that forever. It doesn't mean it's a bad album. It just means it's a try it record. And I think, you know, I I just uh, got into it with somebody on Twitter, and I was like, dude, this is like giving somebody uh, a a Lifetime Achievement Award. Like four albums after you should have got something. But what we're really talking about here, and Pulitzer Organization is, is... is giving out stuff for uh, it's it's strictly journalism, right? No, it's oh yeah they 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 also the 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 music prize for Pulitzer is related to the writing, so it is a writing award. It's a writing award, yeah. So, so it's, it's in relation to the the writing of the the composition of the music and the composition gotcha, of the lyrics. Gotcha. Hmm. Um, but what we've seen with that and and what we saw with this Casey Musgraves release, uh, we're sliding back into this thing where every release has to be the greatest of all time and it is you know philip you're a musician mm-hmm. so you're on one end of this me and marcus are journalists we're on the other end of this and yeah. and it's and it's our fault like like this is i take this full happens. blame i've taken it numerous <laughs> I, I, times yeah and, and in because, real public and dog I'm you know sorry. because like well we, we're lucky to have only done the greatest releases of all time right well you see there you go <laughs> exactly. so there you're lucky there you go there you go um, yeah so but uh, you know this is with the Casey Musgraves thing, I, I very rarely have to go back and, and adjust my uh, review or my take on it. And my take on it after, you know, you get caught up in doing this when you hear a new release. I have Nico Case in my queue now. I have what we were just listening to upstairs. And and you, you hear this new stuff, and new stuff is always going to resonate harder. And I think what happens is people aren't, obviously because there's too much music, spending time with stuff. So Wait, there's you, too much music. Yeah, there's too much music. <laughs> you might be right. So what happens is is uh, is is that you get super excited about something, but then, as I found with Casey Musgraves a week later, it's actually not a good album. Um, in her case, it, it was written about, and this is something you. This is why you brought this up, Marcus. Um, there have been, uh, for lack of a better term, a lot of, of black writers who typically did not write about country who are coming to country music. Never. Hmm. And are defensive about it coming to country music. I was like the only guy. Right. Like me. Defensive right. how? Defensive, like if you say, uh, why are you writing about country when you were writing gotcha. about, say, Cardi B the week before, right. uh, then all of a sudden you're a racist if you question that. Uh, but, and, and a guy uh, took task a few writers, uh, one of them, I think, for Vulture, uh, about writing about Casey Musgraves, boy, and, boy Craig Jenkins. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and and, and took him to Craig. task, and and that was his response. You know, it was basically you're an idiot. And he didn't outright call him racist, but it, it it's uh it's a valid thing, I think, in music journalism. People have their lanes, and people can write. People can write about anything. 
-hmm. It's a question whether you do write about everything and, and what's your track record on that. Um, and what, what we're seeing, I think, is stuff we recognize that it's a, it's a trend, a popular trend. So like right now, country is hot. Marcus likes to think that he predicted mm -hmm. it was hot. <laughs> and, I, and I said, you know, that 53rd annual AMC Awards yeah. says it might have been on the might have been trending for a little while. A little bit. But I know yeah. but I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Because when I uh proposed we start talking about country, you got super excited. It's the best music uh, in the yeah, world. Yeah, cuz we've been, we've been talking <laughs> we've been talking about it for a little while and that's not the position of this is like, oh, we were talking about this beforehand. But I mean, it is um it 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 is like any other music. It takes uh, it takes knowing a lot of the history and not knowing a lot of the, his the surface history, knowing a lot of what it means. There's good and bad for both of this. You know, like Chris Richards is really big on country right now. He misses he missed the mark on, on the Casey Musgraves thing, I think, completely, like most people reviewing it. Anytime you see a review, uh, it, like in her case, it showed up that said uh, her most accomplished work. Well, that's right from the press release. Yeah. And you would hope that as journalists, we can we have our ears are trained. And we can hear that that is not, in fact, her most accomplished work. The reason that yeah. we or people like this Musgraves album is because it's a pop album. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's getting lost, I think, is is context of, of country, which you said, Marcus, is a form. Yeah, it's an actual form and, of music, right? It's not a, a trend or a buzzword or... It's not blog house. Right. For sure. Right. If, no matter how much the blogosphere wants to make country blog house, it's not blog house. So, and, and I guess my question to you guys is like, I don't know what to do about that. Like how, how necessary to talk to people, talk to other journalists, talk to like musicians, be like how you market your music. You know, if, if you think broke Royals like can get in and just by putting country in a tag. Yes. Maybe that works. Honestly. Maybe, yeah. but but there's honest, there's not that far a difference from your songs, your most recent songs, and the stuff that a lot of what's coming out of Nashville is labeled as country that people are writing about. Yeah, I, mean, I, you know, I don't know what the as a listener and a musician, the Casey Musgraves album felt good because I, in my mind, don't listen to country. Yeah, I listen to alt country. And I listen to folk, and that's the life that I grew up living. <laughs> yeah. And then I've started being in the last, like everyone else. I'm so because because mostly what I do with country is ignore it. It's I'm like oh, I like it now. Damn it! But here's buddy. the thing: like I I agree with you. I've I've listened to that album a bunch recently. Yeah, um, the Casey Musgraves album, and it's not her best work. And I actually, <sighs> she's one of the few that I've have like country artists who i have enjoyed over the past couple of years and so uh with her with her it is and i don't want to relitigate that album we did that we talked sure. for an hour about it yeah. but with her i think it is it's hard for people to write about stuff especially if it's their job i think come around to the fact that like it's okay if it's a pop album mm -hmm. like calling it country doesn't just sell records for her it sells articles for the yeah. people who write them, right, Marcus? Oh, no. Uh, okay. So, yeah, like, the Casey album suffers from the fact that Casey Musgraves isn't, like, a country artist first. Mm -hmm. Like, she's a pop artist first. She's always, literally, since, like, she was a small child, been a pop artist. Well, she's wanted to be. She has... Uh, pageant Material is a hardcore country album. Right, but, but, the, but I will say that the secret to Pageant Material is that, 
songs like Biscuits are great pop songs. If you put a trap beat under Biscuits yeah. and turned it up, <laughs> it would be a hit for Cardi B. Okay. It would. It's yeah. great. Like, it's un- it's undeniably great. It's And Casey Musgraves' great other great secret is that she's a better songwriter than most people writing songs in popular music. Yeah. So when you have those two things, everything else is kind of academic. My only problem is that for people that are coming to country late, the thing that everybody didn't notice is that they, is that, okay, so journalists like myself, not that I have anything to do with it, but other journalists, journalists who are far bigger than me and do 100 to 250 times the hits I do, killed the industry by writing it into the ground. Like, pitchfork scores do nothing but create negative money for people. Right, but why is pitchfork, like... Oh. Did, did they review Florida Georgia Line? I think I think they actually they did. did. They did. <laughs> like, when, so what what is happening that like uh, you it's, know you talk about like Hannityism you know and having accident, no integrity. It's the accident of of popularity. Yeah. Nobody wants to be cool until they're cool, and then when they're cool, they have to do all the cool stuff. But if you're pitchfork, you have to be kind of like an ass about it because you're Maybe. you're the indie kids. So the the hardest part about all of this is that. Pop music, like major mainstream music, industry music, was never meant to like drip down to the level of like angry nerd at keyboard at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> popping Adderall. Right. That was never, these two things were never supposed right. to happen. <laughs> and the second that they happened, the thing exploded. The, all these people that had jobs in New York and LA and, you know, all sorts of far flung places all around the world are all now in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And they're all standing next to each other going, well, what do we do? Yeah. There's nothing left to do except make pop songs because that's all they know how to do because the pop industry makes pop right. so, music. So why can't we uh, as a uh, as an entity like journalists just call it pop music? What why why do we genres have... are fun? Okay, yeah, numbers yeah. are fun. No, does it genres? Genres, genres are, are the most well, fun. Well, genres genres are fun, but like you I I can't call uh, I can't call damn a country album and get away no, with it. No, the the thing about country is that country is the sacrosanct word you could never say that you like. Okay, to your and point, yeah, you could never, yeah. you could never be a serious popular music critic. This is this is, and I'll speak to my own career. One of the things that holds me back is the fact that I open heartedly am like the black country guy. Like all of my friends secretly know that deep down inside of me, like. I don't care about your rap album or your electro <laughs> album yeah. or your soul album even. Right, right. I really care about your country record because that's the music I actually like that I prefer. But actual country and soul are, are tied together. They and, are. And blues are tied together at the origin point. But you could, but soul music is the, is the domain of black men with abs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's cool. Everybody likes like that. Like ab clones? No, like abs, like abdomen, like multiple ripped, abs, like ripped, no, no, like okay. ripped abdomens, and you know, like if Ab could clone himself, yeah, he would. Yeah, it would be great. Right. But you know, I mean, that's what it is. It's the 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 the, the place of R. Kelly and Trey songs, right. and you know, large men on steroids with massive abdomen. You know, like that's what it is. Like, and that's cool. The guy in the cowboy hat, right, Midland, <laughs> until. Last year, Midland were strictly not cool. Midland didn't even exist. Oh, Midland were I, music video directors. I, I assure you, after seeing their mustaches on ACM, they are not cool still. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? They were yeah. music video directors yeah, 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 and doing yeah, yeah, yeah. other jobs. It didn't even yeah. exist. 
Casey Musgraves was still Casey Musgraves, right. but not making Daft Punk songs. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, is a great song, by and, the way. Yeah, it is a great song. Yeah. And, that, and I guess I guess that's that's the issue at hand here because you know, to tie it a little bit back to Kendrick Lamar and Dam, uh, you know, it's okay to just call something what it is, I think. And if it's like the album we're talking about today, I'm I'm not sure if it's a country album. It may be like Southern rock. It's a, it's a pop record. It may, yeah, it may be. That's I thought of Southern rock, but that is a good. Yeah. But one thing about country that's for the for a long time, and I don't mean as far back as it goes, yeah. like Hank Williams, but I mean, like, as far as I can remember, country has always been so accepting of everyone. It's always the genre that was never going to turn you away. Like, if you wanted well, to put I mean, on Well, unless a, you were black or gay or, you know. That's I think no no let, uh, you're right you're right let me re- and so let me rephrase let me rephrase <laughs> when their artists wanted to do something a little bit more cheesy or a little yes. bit more I, I see what pop st- or realistically yes yes, yes it's a very good yeah. distinction to make but when someone within that community There's wanted no to push it a little bit pride. <laughs> that didn't happen yeah that'd be awesome but, if it, were, though. but I think that's they've always had that like like we are willing to try you know I don't know I mean. Florida Georgia Line has been around for a long time at I this have. point, and it's like, and you I, see them, and they it look is like, like it. a thing, you know. <laughs> so it's the last five years of country, seven years of country, whatever, you know. Well, there, and it's like, there is a lot. I mean, there's a lot to dig into country, and a lot of this is going to lead into our conversation about Brothers Osborne, because, like you said, they are accepting of genres. Right, they absolutely country. Let's let's all these in, and we if can it looks the way it wants, to, they yeah, want it to yeah, look. Because, yeah, and, yeah, and here's why: because they like money. No, yeah, it's, it's not even. I think it's not even now that it looks the way you want it to look. It's more now. Does it agree with the, the zeitgeist? Yeah, that's yeah. the big. I think in the last three years, that's been the biggest thing that country music has done. Is that country music has turned to the global zeitgeist and said, "Give us your yeah. your musics, and we will countryfy right. all of them." Do you think? Do you think country could do the Super Bowl? Of in course. the next couple of years, of course, that's, that's what Florida I think. Georgia is that, Florida I think Georgia that's Line is the only band. Put Alan Jackson up on no, there. I, like, yeah, I see it. Someone like like Dirks or whatever. Didn't like, Garth what, do it? I don't know. That yeah. Garth was in the nineties. I think yeah, he did yeah, though. Yeah. yeah, he did. I think he did one of the years after Whitney did the same anthem. Yeah, and Garth started all this. By the way, Garth was the one who came out on stage. First of all, Garth is the right. one who came out as Chris Gaines, but he also you know, <laughs> you know. He, he 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 came out. That was in the nineties, and it was edgy as fuck. Diddy but, calls himself Love now. It's all okay. Yeah, it's yeah. all. Okay. But, <laughs> but, but but whereas whereas you have country artists were portrayed as they had their like uh jean like double pocketed shirt, their cowboy hat, their boots, everything's dusty. Garth comes out kind of put together, but he's got that little mic in his ear. The Janet Jackson mic, yeah, right? So right? <laughs> Janet Jackson mic. Janet Jackson mic. And, 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 and at that point in history he took it. That's when like pop was like or they admitted pop is here. Right. And it worked because he sold out everything. I mean, he still still does. He still sells yeah. <laughs> every fucking thing, and uh, and and I guess like, do people who are writing about like Musgraves' album understand that? No. Okay, so the thing that that we again lacks from this whole conversation is context, mm-hmm. because people turn to country when there's nothing else left to write about. Everybody is that it? Like that's what it is. Honestly, 
We've written every word we could write about every <laughs> DJ that has ever existed in the history of the known universe. So I, in fact, wrote most of them. I know. I know. So, you know, we've written about all the DJs. And we've the remixes for the DJs. And the yes. remixes. <laughs> and we've written about every rock star. By the way, there's a there's a Musgraves remix album that just showed up on Apple Music. No, of course, I, I of course there is. No, yeah. of course there is. That <laughs> doesn't surprise the, me. All the vowels are X's. Yes. Yeah, you know, you know, X's and V's right. all day long. And, but, and but so, upside down crosses. So why, why, not, why not take the time? And I think this is just... Uh, uh, throwing a little shade on, on music journalism in general, which we haven't done for a while. But why not take the time? Why not take the time with, like, damn, you know, a completely different genre to understand that it is a flawed piece of art. It's still good. You can still love it. But if you have to put it in, and I think it's important that you compare an artist's work to their previous work to see if they're if they're an artist. If it's pop music, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> No, seriously, if you're no. just turning out album after – if it's Red Solo Cup 1, Pure. the sequel to Red Solo Cup, Body Like a Backroad, <laughs> Body Like a Cul-de-Sac, <laughs> Body Like – you know, if it's, if it's all that, then, then, the then nobody hunt, cares. Body yeah. Like a Cul-de-Sac. But, but are you like saying in, – in Kendrick's case, you know, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, Pimp Butterfly, and Damn are all very distinct pieces of art, as is Musgrave's work. Yes. Same trailer, different part is very – Different and distinct from pageant material is very different and distinct from Golden Hour. Yes. If you have to rate, I mean, I know how I rate them, but other people are rating them differently. But right. why not? Why not take the time and, and slow down? I think in what we're talking about and what we're writing about, and just say, uh, you know what? It'd be okay if if we just said like DNA is a great song. Maybe the rest of it didn't quite hit. I get it, but maybe it didn't quite hit. Right. I think that I don't agree with that, but I think just for the record, <laughs> I think that part of it is the fact that everybody's chasing the the hit, mm-hmm. and and there's no impetus to put out a great album or to take any real to take any real demonstrable amount of time. So like compare, like I thought about the Kendrick things I wrote about Kendrick today. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, Kendrick Lamar took like 87 years to do to put a butterfly, yeah, as compared to the amount of time mm-hmm. it took him to like. Fart out, damn. Yeah. <laughs> like, comparatively. Yeah. He went to, he literally called up Mike Will and was like, yo, give me them Gucci beats. Yeah, Gucci's beats. You know, you sure you don't want the, the, the jazz stuff that is in the back end of my, my <laughs> laptop? No, I want Gucci's beats. I'll pay for them. And I'll rap some rap raps over them and we'll get this album out. But Boom. you see, that, 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 is, uh, that is an artistic choice and, and a statement. And that's what – when we first heard the album, actually, yeah. we were like, man, this sounds old school. And then the more you listen to it, it's like, yeah, not really. It doesn't. Um, but, uh, you know, that again, that's an arti- it's a different kind of artistic statement. But don't yeah, – and, you know, not to dwell on this album too much, but to if that's what everyone's doing, Migos, yeah. Lil Everyone – just yeah, little whatever. Isn't it great that Kendrick was like, "I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it better than all of you." And he did, in my opinion. He just took a bunch of beats, said a bunch of I think you're right, really culturally defining stuff. I think you're right there, and then but if you're going to give like an award like the Pulitzer to somebody for their work of art, is it going to be the thing the also ran, or is it going to be the actual? Well, I think it's long-standing work. I mean, because damn, yeah. w- will not be rem- well. Now it'll be remembered. I think it will. Be. Say, I think that what's funny with with the difference between damn and same cause... with Golden Hour is what I'm saying, and, no. and, and a lot of country music. But I would I, say it's more like an Oscar than a Lifetime Achievement Award. You know how like sometimes people get like Meryl gets the Oscar mm. for that's not a really a good example because she got him when she was young, I think. But like yeah. someone who gets it when they're too old. I want to say okay. Gary Oldman, but I'm not going to say Gary Oldman because yeah. it's Gary Oldman. 
but like someone like that because of it it factors in the whole body of work right right, right. I'll, I'll like okay so one of the, the the curious little tricks of damn is that every southern rapper loves every west coast rapper like mm-hmm. that's just a thing like mm-hmm. migos love nwa yeah kendrick loves nwa so mike will also because you know they're yeah. from generally the same like geographic area also loves all of that west coast rap and that's the thing it's like it's a, there's a connective tie there, so Kendrick is trying to still be artsy, but differently artsy, so to yeah. make, the, make the point that you were making. But it is a demonstrably less well-crafted work. Right, and that's, that's, it, it, it's making the same point twice. Right. Which, look, the points he's making need to be made mm-hmm. infinite times, <laughs> and that's, that's just the age that we live in. Agreed. Uh, but, but that, you know... There is a level of dilution. The flip side of this is is that the and what caught me that uh, Craig's tweet was responding to. There's a site called Saving Country Music. Yes, oh. the guy's an asshat. I'll just I'll just put it that way. Because the ten for, gallon asshat. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Just saying uh, stuff to say. Get, bring up the air horns. Like, but, but but um. And 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 his thing was basically going after anybody who was writing about country music, and and like Craig's article was beautifully written, but like I I know where he got it sounds uninformed, but not in the way like this guy Kyle thought it was uninformed. He was just like, "How can you know about country from New York? That's totally you can, you can, but you if you're just writing about the poppiest of the stuff, the stuff that is right near the surface, uh, I mean the motives are suspect." But don't people want such so much as... for country to be woke and for yeah. people to be like, I know. like people want country, and I by that I mean the United States of America, country unifying things right now. Yeah, so yeah. we're we're just so desperate for like any narrative like that that we can sort of thread. Yeah, but again, I'm not a journalist, so this is this is how it looks, not how it so, is. You know what I mean? So the funny thing about being a journalist and writing about country music is that you have to stop. You have to realize that, like most of the artists that make this music, are newly woke. Newly woke. <laughs> These are people who are newly woke, but not like, but not like, like not woke to the level that like I'm woke. They're woke in the way of like woke to country or woke to other woke things. to the world. Okay, because country is now world music. Yeah, in the way that rap is now world music. So these are artists that you know, like Brothers Osborne, who we're going to talk about. Yep. Their album called Port Saint Joe because it's. Directly related to a very specific geographic location. This is kind of like, if you look at, like, to me, most country artists are are great in understanding if you understand, like, on a hundred mile radius of their hometown. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go anywhere past <laughs> that a hundred mile radius, you're going too far. Like, you stay there, and it's your fucking you're golden. Yeah. Like, right here. A little radius right there. No, they Boom. went full Buffett. Yeah, they, they moved it down. Like Kenny Chesney, they're like, "Come on, man, let's get in the boat, catch catch the marlin," which is not fucking Nashville, right? But it's still, but, but it's still very like place located. It's not like right, it's right. not music that it easily globalizes. That's no. what I mean, and that's the problem with country is that a lot of journalists, because journal, all these journalists have come from writing about music that impacts the world. Because you're writing about like Kendrick Lamar, you're writing about an artist that literally thinks about the world. Then you're writing about the Brothers Osborne, and you're just like and you you that you you're conflating the two if you try to like say that these artists are writing on this platform, like Casey Musgraves wrote an entire record about how much she loves her husband, which is great. That's one fine. yeah one yeah. man who sleeps next to her, 
37 centimeters away from her <laughs> every night. Mm-hmm. As compared to like if Casey Musgraves wrote a record about like, you know, Dorfer or, or something right, like, right. like some kind of like <laughs> massive global, like, you know, serious situation. Well, it's I, different. I, I think you can't, you, com- you, you can't conflate them. Consider the idea of being woke just country and, and, and figuring out what country is. If you're, if you're trying to dig in and you think what it means, like a lot of people think it means, and it does mean a lot of things to a lot of different people, but there are traditions that can be and different eras that can be tracked that, that, uh, that prove that like there is a segment that is uh well it's all strictly making money that's the nashville machine there it is um but 20 billion dollars now but there are artists like brothers osborne which we're going to talk about which i think fall in the uh for lack of a better term more authentic vein that that are pulling from a tradition rather than just waking up and deciding i like country music and i'm, I'm gonna do like, shout out to Kylie minogue yeah is she doing country now? Yeah, she oh, put out a whole country. She made a whole country oh, record. That's so great! Oh, I cannot wait. And uh, <laughs> you must hear it. I think you can. I think you can wait. <laughs> I, 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 my, my, my due diligence, uh, I did on that, but uh, you also did due diligence on amigos. Oh yes, I did. Yes, I did, and I will never do that again. Uh, and maybe they won't ever again because they apparently stunk up Baychella. But it's neither here nor there. It's a whole know, different podcast. You know. But uh, Rick Rockhampton did not, though. I shout watched out that to Rick Flair. That is the best. Yeah. But uh, I, I guess my point is, and this is just sort of a, a rambling conversation, is that writers out there, uh, podcasters, reviewers of music, if you will, and we're going to attempt to do it right now. Yeah. Uh, think about what you talk about when you say so. If all you have to say is to parrot a press release, just don't. I, I mean, I know you got to get paid, but like. Think about, figure out some other way to talk about I it. I check my take six months. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, th- think I about. I did not say that. Think about what you're doing. And then um, if you really are a, a devotee of country music, and or even if you're new to it, like the Saving Country Music guy, he thinks people can't come in. Bullshit. The tent is big. Who like, who can't come in front? Like, anybody, where does the tent anybody extend new. to? Where does anybody knew? Anybody knew? I've been listening to country for twenty years. Fuck you! Yeah. No, that is not an attitude to have. It future's got those hot turnups coming. So basically, it, it <laughs> is like future. any form of music. If you like it, it doesn't matter what genre it is. Then uh, it is for you, mm-hmm. period. And if you don't understand it because it's difficult or it's or it's from a different culture or something, ask ask a friend. Ask a black man. <laughs> ask a black dude. Hold on, hold on, podcast. Uh, right now, we're going to talk about some guys uh, in country, and uh, and they are. Uh, it's the first single off their new album, Port St. Joe's. Shoot, shoot me straight from Brothers Osborne. Baby, I can take it. It's your move. Go on and make it. Make it burn the whole way down. Lay my six foot four inch ass out on the ground. Yeah, tomorrow I'll have me a heart hangover and one hell of a heartache. Pull it on, find a shot of whiskey. Shoot me straight. Now it is time to jam on uh, Shoot Me Straight. That is the first single from Brothers Osborne. Uh, new album, their second album, Port St. Joe. 
Uh, it is named after a small town in Florida. They basically uh, went down there with a producer they'd used before and uh, knocked this out in two weeks, if you believe that. Uh, just like set in a room, a lot of first takes, just jam the shit out. Uh, the band is uh, John, that's what you heard. I'm lead guitar and TJ Osborne from Deal, Maryland on the Eastern Shore, right near where we are right now. Uh, they are, as you I mentioned, know where that is. as you mentioned, yeah. Philip, unlike a lot of people, uh, they are uh, outspoken uh, on Donald Trump, weed, net neutrality, Congress, anything. They are, they, they are the modern man, if you will, <laughs> who happens to like uh, country music. They also seem to like jam bands. They seem to like rock and roll. Uh, they seem Southern rock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they've actually... Just recently, uh, this Sunday, one vocal duo of the year for the second consecutive year. Uh, brothers can sing together, man. Dude, that's just that's come on. I mean, you're you're gonna win if you if your brother is in your band. If only <laughs> he got Dude it. Cannot sing for shit. Well, to get, to, <laughs> so he has to fly helicopters for a living. <laughs> <You know. laughs> together, though, that's where the magic happens. Um, but uh, they've been nominated for Grammys, uh, CMAs. Uh, if you heard it there, and we're going to talk about it a little more, you know, um, John's guitar playing, and this is something that really drew me into this because I'm a huge fan of Marshall Tucker Band. His guitar playing reminds me of uh, Toy Caldwell, the guy behind all that. Uh, not so much on that song. That's something you would hear, like what, like Chris Robinson Brotherhood, uh, uh, Truckers, actually. You would yeah. hear it on that. And um, throughout the album, they're weaving, I think, in and out between this almost ass country but it's saved by being just rock like this could easily be like give me my solo cup yeah and, and it's not <laughs> um and and then going through and name checking people like willie and hank to like keep it yeah. based in that but what they've created i think is just something entirely uh different it's certainly an evolution from their 2016 album pawn shop and i think it's a little bit of an evolution of like what's going on in in specifically dude country, if you like, there was a guy on the uh, the ACMs. He sang some bullshit song about women, and it was just like <laughs> no, it was like way to capitalize on me too without saying me too, you know. Yeah. And that and that's the industry, and this is something you get from talking to him in interviews uh, and hearing the music. The music speaks for itself. That uh, I don't think you would ever see that from them because they don't got time for that shit. Yeah, they're just here to rock, right? I mean, it makes sense what you said about how quickly the album was recorded because there's yeah. energy all over uh -huh. it. And I'm, uh, I play guitar in a band, and and I was just like listening to this, and every time I was just itching for the next guitar solo or riff or whatever it was, like whatever tone they were going to come in with, because it was always fresh and different. It's like it is exciting in a way that I don't hear most guitarists, uh, you know, just taking the reins these days yeah it's it's awesome yeah i mean they, they said uh there's a quote uh that's kind of hilarious where he said well i, I took three minutes singing so, or six minutes singing so i figured i'd just give him a six minute job <laughs> why not and, and a lot of it doesn't end up on the record but i've heard i definitely heard interviews with them where they are they're ready to go out there and fucking jam and and yeah. and appreciate what goes on in that space the imp i mean and that's improvisation is not a thing you have ever heard of in country no oh I wanted to make a point about the improvisation thing. So um, the thing that makes this band great to me is who's the who's the drummer? I don't know who's playing drums on this. Okay, yeah, it's interesting stuff though. The drummer is inspired by Muscle Shoals and Levon Helm. Yeah, 
and and maybe like winger right like quite which, right i mean which and so the song you're about to play it looks like yeah 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 um there's a drum pickup in here that's yeah. only levon helm and the guy who plays on Loggins and messina's your mama don't dance yeah like th- th- those are the only two drummers i know in the history of the whole world that have mastered this like funk rock mm-hmm. pickup thing that like sounds like powerful but there's enough space to like let a great instrumentalist uh-huh. do what they do. I I think uh, yeah I think what's fascinating about this entire album is and we're gonna steer a little. We may get to some of the stuff that is like you can make the argument for its country, but it's the stuff that that plays around with that. Yeah, that is is so much more interesting. And again, mm-hmm. that you knocked it out in a second. To I mean. Yeah, this song. I'm gonna go ahead and play it right now. But the song, uh, "A Couple Wrongs Making It Right," you know, they're channeling like Gordon Lightfoot, uh, fucking James Taylor, yeah. uh, fucking Doctor Teeth in the Electric Mayhem Band. <laughs> I mean, it is it is a, a ridiculous it's piece easy. of rock and roll fluff, yeah. and it fucking works, and it, it it's fun, and it, it just it fits their. I, I mean, it's. Like, who the fuck are these guys? Here's yeah. here's the song. Yeah. In mid-July, I'm a late October. Drunk as hell and you're stunk all sober. Wide awake and I'm a rolling over. Your sweet tea and your cherry cola. I'm always late and you got it together. Tries are the bone and it's stormy weather. And at its worst, it couldn't get much better. A couple bones making it all right. That's right. Okay, so uh, 1977, Jerry Reed, who's, who's largely perceived by many people as a comic country genius, has a song called Eastbound and Down, which has this drum pickup in it that comic music doesn't normally involve, but you have to actually be a really talented musician to understand how to play that drum pickup in such a way that you leave the rest of... Okay, so like soul drummers who play that pickup, the rest of the band falls out. And you let the drummer play because the drummer's smacking the fucking drums with all of this. Inf- it's this it makes space. Reverb. It is a weird beat that, like, instead of like, right. feeling, yeah. it, it, like it, it creates like emptiness. Yeah, but they leave. But it was like a soul. This is a soul song. Yeah, you'd leave the drummer alone, and you'd have a big old drum break that, like, the funky drummer, like Clive, Clive Stubblefield. Right. Yep. Yeah, you, know, you leave Clyde alone, right. and that's why rappers are able to use the funky drummer break. But, but it's this some- is the reverse, right? He stays out. But it's something like this where. You hit it in such a way that, like, you create the the vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just enough impact mm-hmm. to create the vibe so that the song is funky. But it's not, like, overwhelmingly funky because the song is a country song. There's, in the melody, the song has, like, a million things it wants to accomplish. Yeah. Like, there's a slide <laughs> guitar. There's this virtuoso, like, lead guitarist. You're like, okay, we have 25 things we need to do. And so the drummer is just merely keeping time. 
but he's also creating viable keeping time, which is yeah. this thing that like you have to be a really good session drummer to be able to do. Like and, really good. And what's wild about this to me, and uh, this more so than any song on this album, is that it does all this, and then but the way you receive it, you don't parse all that. You're just oh. like. And this is cool. You just and you just fucking chill out with it, man. And it's like that's the that's the whole that's how that's what it's supposed to do. It it achieves right? its, its purpose, right? But you don't in a lot of country music you don't get that level of expertise, that level of thought. You get like you know a four four beat, or you get like a swing, a text right. swing, or whatever, and you get your standard. Uh, you know these fools are using metronomes. <laughs> But I mean, the, the crazy the thing is, good. <laughs> to, but to play in Nashville, now you have to be this good, but right. you usually are stuck in a cage. Like, you're not allowed to be the musician that you could be. Despite you're not all playing. your rage? Yeah, exactly. No, but, no, but, but I'll, I'll put it like this. Whomever, all of, the, all of the people playing instruments on this album are better than the people playing instruments on 90% of the stuff that's being played in Nashville right now. That's I, how good this album is. I, I don't is. know. I, think, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think I think what you're saying is absolutely right. I mean, if you've been in Nashville, you know that this is the talent is everywhere. But I think I think he is right. I think people recognize these guys, especially um especially John, as <laughs> one of the best guitar players out there right now. He yeah. there is so much like and also as a guitar player, there's so much like tasteful stuff even in tone choice mm-hmm. throughout this. Uh that you know, it, it swings it from like dirty, like Neil Young rock, a little bit, yeah. you know, and not not sounding like a Neil Young song, but that tone. Yeah, uh, he does all this like remarkable like guitar work on this that honestly it doesn't even need to be there. Yeah, but the fact that it's there just makes that like that that fun thing you're you're experiencing. Because look, this is also a little step away from Kenny Chesney. It's like grab my Corona on the beach, let's go mm-hmm. get some ladies, you know. But it it, it it every time it drives to that fucking beach it just sort of zigs away into a much cooler place and it, it is a phenomenal trick that i i honestly like i've listened to this album like at least 15 times i don't understand how they pulled it off if you put a different person singing on this record if you put a stronger the one thing i will say about this album if you put a stronger lead vocal mm-hmm. on this album like a, you know, oh, like you're gonna a, get your ass kicked. No, no, like like a strong, like a. You like remember a what strong... happened? You remember what happened last time somebody criticized no, vocals? No, I'm not. I'm not criticizing the type of vocal. I'm criticizing like <laughs> the presence of the vocal in the mix. I'm criticizing the presence of the vocal you in mean the, the song. Grammy nominated vocals. <laughs> yeah, I I will. Okay, yeah. I'm saying okay, like yeah. if you if you mix this album in a way where the vocal is on top of everything, like a Kitty Chesney record, where yeah, like yeah. Kitty Chesney's voice yeah. is in front. The musicians playing are like right. twenty yards behind Kenny Chesney. Mm-hmm. those song, these songs have the potential to like completely fall into this place. Yeah, completely. Like, there's a song called "Weed, Whiskey, and Willie." Yep, on this album. That if the if, if it was Doesn't a that different, make you- <laughs> if it was a different song, it, <laughs> well, it it'd be. Let's hear a little bit of well, that. It it'd, be be, bar, it'd be bartender. Like, or the recipe by Kendrick Lamar. Or the recipe. Every by- time I see the name, I can't get uh, women weed and weather out of yeah, my head. Right. <laughs> so, so let's hear a little bit of that because that, that, that is clearly leaning on the country thing. Uh, and, yeah. and, and it's, I mean, you name check Willie. Fine. Willie's yeah. not on the record, but he doesn't need to be. <laughs> no. Uh, no. Also, Spirit uh, Willie's. Also, Tee Hee, the, uh, the song is four minutes and 20 seconds long. Of course. <laughs> <it is. laughs> There's a weed whiskey and Willie. I've got bottles and bottles stacked to the ceiling. 
I was listening to this I, for me there were a lot of points where the lyrics weren't grabbing me 100 but honestly it didn't matter because there was something else coming in or switching up that was compelling pretty much at all times like the guitars that start cascading on top of each other right. or the beat that's just a little off or like is that is that a phaser on the guitar and you're just like what's going on here <laughs> but is that like so that sound it doesn't get all the way there but it sounds almost like uh, like paying tribute to stevie ray vaughn yeah like it's not as bluesy as it but it mm-hmm. definitely like the uh the touch that stevie ray vaughn had it's a lot of that and again the it's just the guitar playing makes a lot of this i i think that song i think what you're feeling about like the lyrics like i i'm there with you because if you break them down yeah it's a pretty basic country song it's a lot one. of idioms yeah, which is uh, is often a turnoff for me, mm-hmm. especially with like modern country. But because of what's going on here under the surface, it never like there is some there are some fun lines in here I like, especially when he talks about like drinking and being hung over and stuff like that. He has some few, some turns of phrase that are that are real nice. Drink like Hank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my like, that's my favorite. He gets there, but yeah, but it's all there's just enough of everything to keep you like really. Well, it's funny in. because I think this is a lot of, you know, we were just talking about Musgraves and, and then she deserves every bit of credit she gets for this. Uh, her and people like Lori McKenna, uh, they do eschew that type of generalization that country is lousy with. You just drop, like, say, idioms or just generalizations after, you know, just one little pod of My this. heart on my sleeve. Right. Like, it's and, a term you hear so and, much. And, 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 you, and you do all that and it, it somehow fits together a song that is a classic level of songwriting. They actually aren't too far out from that on mm-hmm. on this. Uh, there's not a song on here that I can think of that that is as emotionally impactful as you know, even I would say even Natalie Hemby song, which they're friends with, and I, I did hmm. not like her album. But uh, you yeah, know, at least- I would say the last, <laughs> the very last one. There's a line I can't. I'm forgetting the last song in the album, but where he says 
something about making your dad laugh while he's drinking Jack and Coke. Right. And it's just it's just like you see that living room. Right. You well, see that that's what whole I'm, scene. That's what I'm like, saying. Yeah, it's like it's you really... get there's a lot of points in there, but they're not like an entire yeah. song. Yeah, I hear you. And and um I don't remember and, the name and, of that. And song, honestly, I, I don't know. On the if it's just their second album, I don't know if we it's not fair to accept to expect that. They have been writing songs in Nashville for a while. Uh, I think they've been doing it like ten years or something like that. Yeah. But uh, but uh, again, the overall effect is that it doesn't necessarily matter. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't need um, I certainly don't need it from country uh, or southern rock for that matter. Um, I, I I just don't need everything to be like super meaningful. Sometimes it just yeah. needs to be fun. I mean, I think that's the thing that country is trying to do this year because country has the spotlight now. Is body ra- like a back road not fun? I mean, it's not. Uh, it's... <laughs> well, I mean, I think that it's fun, but for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it's what the hell does that mean? You know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 but that's what I mean. It's basic. As, it's basic as fuck. But somebody, somebody, it, yeah. It, it, I mean, back I, roads are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. See, <laughs> if you want to shut down the podcast, just start talking about body like a background. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So I mean, it's there's a thing I think that the brothers Osborne do really well. There, I think the and I would almost say they're conscious of it. It's an inside out songwriting. It's like taking the the, the literal point mm-hmm. and using it at the start, and then building out with like everything around the literal point, which is a really smart way to write a song. Like, you could write the song Weed, Whiskey, and Willie and just, like, throw every single trope at the song, mm-hmm. and it'll stick. And it'll stick, and you'll have every Chain Smokers, Florida Georgia Line, right. Nelly, <laughs> Skylar Gray, Top 40, 99.5 song that's ever been made. Have the Chain Smokers they... gone country? Yeah, yeah. Have they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh really? That makes sense. They, they did the song Florida Georgia <laughs> Line on the last album. Oh, oh that's, that's right. right. You're right. You're right. They've gone everywhere. Um... <laughs> Yeah, again, somehow these guys avoid it. They, uh, I mean, think about this. This could stylistically what they're doing. They could just as easily uh, be on a bill with Florida Georgia Line if they wanted to. I think they're touring with Dirk Bentley. Yes, as they could with like Leonard Skinner or Reba back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is tapping into that that Southern rock history. Um, I want to get... the music just feels good. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's Which is thing. what a lot of good Southern rock does. Yeah, I, I, I already brought up Marshall Tucker Band. I think this track uh, leans super deep into that. And just because uh, Marshall Tucker Band wasn't necessarily a, uh, a, a Texas or in South Carolina, but they weren't a, a Texas swing band. Mm-hmm. They emulated a lot of that. They like Asleep at the Wheel or mm-hmm. um, Dale Watson is doing now. Uh, they emulated a lot of that, but they never quite got there. But this. Does some of that. Oh, man. And I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what it's mashing together, but it's it's a wild <laughs> little song. Uh, it's a little bit of trouble. Everything about you says I should probably get going. But everything about me says I want to stay right here. Everybody's got some things better off not knowing. And that's just the same for us. Might be a little dangerous Heard somebody say you're a little heartbreaking Sooner or later wake up and you'll be gone The 
got pop, country, you got AM gold, you got look, this, that, whether I'm in Nashville, whether I'm in fucking Texas, whether, <laughs> whether, whether, wherever the fuck I am, I want to hear that on the jukebox. I, I want to hear that. I'm just hanging out in the bar. The lights are low. It's just like, it's nice. It is the guitar work on there. Um, an album that we're going to be talking about later in the year is, uh, Carolina Dreams by Marshall Tucker Band. There's a song I'll play for you guys after. Are you serious? Yeah, I'll play for you guys after because oh, uh, I'm pretty sure you have not heard the song. Uh, there's a song I should have never stopped, uh, started loving you, and it's <laughs> the only thing. If they just added saxophone on that song, like it, it's the same vibe. But it, <laughs> but it's a so honest thing. It, they're still delivering the platitudes. They're still like keeping it mm-hmm. uh, in in a, a mode that doesn't lyrically challenge too much uh but it they, yeah, they just put it all together and, and, it, and it fucking hits you outside the head yeah and then like the bass and the drums are just gonna like bounce back and forth for a second and yeah. like make that that rhythm that you're just like, oh, it's so it's it's or, it's, or, it's yeah. organic <laughs> yeah, exactly. it feels like a lived-in band yeah it feels the songs feel lived in the songs feel like again like for the jukebox metaphor like any of these if you just like it showed up in a jukebox and you didn't know who it was. You'd be mm-hmm. like, that's country. You ever been like out. in an airport and you just want to like get out of your head and then something like that comes on and you're just yeah. like, ah, oh, this is nice. And yeah. I don't have to worry about this flight being delayed. I feel like, I feel like R&B is getting towards this point now, but there are not enough players that are like right. of renown in the genre. But if you know all the songs mm-hmm. and you can play all the notes, I've said it while I was sitting on this couch, same thing I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. If you know all the songs and you play all the notes, you could pretty much make that song in like 12 seconds because you understand exactly there's a box around that song and you're just bouncing around in various spaces and making it work. Like, because you, you know what you're pouring in and you don't know what it's going to come out, but yeah. you're still, you know what you're putting in to that box. And it's, it's a fascinating thing. It's like, it, it intrigues me. That's the thing about like the AM Gold thing. It's like all those great AM Gold songs, like Perry Jack, Chevy Van, all that stuff. I, I think of Chevy Van all the time because it's funny in the same way. Where like all of the component parts, <laughs> you know. Oh, you're, it, it's the creepiest song ever. <laughs> you're a, you haven't heard it before. We'll play after the show know. for you. But um, you're in a box and you yeah. pour all this stuff in the box and it kind of like ambient, like, bumbles its way around and because it's all quality stuff it ends up sounding good at the end of the day it it, it finds a vibe uh, that's the best way to put it and and you know i hate vibe and soul and r&b but but this is uh this is honestly that's because I that's because vibe. that's because those, i do that's I'm because, old. that's old. because 99 of those kids and their kids don't understand all the notes yeah, yeah, they know the vibe they want. Right, right. But well, they don't know how to and, manipulate and that's what, the notes. And that's what I don't like. They don't get the vibe. I, I, I see the vibe. I see where it's coming. <laughs> right. But it's like, and then I want to get on the vibe, like in whatever, like old people, their boogie boards or whatever yeah. shit. But, <laughs> a wakeboard, but, a wakeboard. Um, but, uh, but, but it never hits. This, I think, uh, this entire album does. Um, it's so hard. To, it's just impossible to pick apart. It's, it's really hard to criticize because it's just like. These guys weren't nominated. This is the rare example of people who, who were nominated for stuff because they're actually that fucking good. Mm-hmm. You know, not just because they they are fitting a narrative, which maybe they were. I mean, I love 
you know, to, to, to sort of wind this down and tie it back to what we were talking about before, uh, I love the press for this album. It basically, there's a thing coming with it. It's just like bullet points, and it's like, this is how badass we are. <laughs> and that's how you should sell records, yeah. right? And, but they, because they can back it up. They can. They're yeah. like, we were nominated for this. We won this. We yeah. did this. We sold this many records, this, 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 which is in many ways, that's for people in Nashville. Right. That is for people who need that type of thing. But for me, Nashville is pushing 1987 units right for now. For me, that was a tip off. And one thing that was super refreshing is that there just literally wasn't a lot of description about the music. Just like we wanted, it, we went here, we wanted to have an experience two weeks, and we did it. And this is the music. And this is. This is what we're leaning to. We we want to jam a little more. We want to do all this, but but it's up to you to discover like what's going on and decide what's going on. And that, I, I, admittedly, they're on a different state level than Broke Royals, so that <laughs> you know. But if I get that pitch right from from you and I, we don't, only use bullet points. Well, though, yeah. use, <laughs> <laughs> every, I'm gonna start getting shit in bullet yeah, points. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, punk, but punk rock, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you're the best. But but you know, forever. It, no, if, if I get the we pitch, up, just play rock and roll. If I get the pitch, just like you ball. decide. Like this is sort of how. Not I don't want to know about you. I want to know about like your experience and and what went into it a little bit, uh, and then and then I'll figure it out. And and that's I mean that's the key to a good pitch. Now the question is, now it that I put to you guys is, is this country? I don't know. Um, and if it is, how the fuck did they avoid the broke country curse? Hmm. How is there not a red solo cup on this album? Because soul music. Yeah? I think that the the real connective tie to this record... First, I heard that drum. There's certain, there's certain tones in music that if you know them, hmm. like the back of your hand, yeah. and you can go to them when you're playing, when you're like... And you're, you're a guitarist, so... Yeah. So get the, get the guitar because he's the true star of the band. Mm-hmm. Like, when you're playing, and there's certain tones you know. Right. And you, you feel that tone in the song. Yep. And you go there. Yep. And you know that it's, you're playing it because you want to connect thematically the whole song together. Right. That's Phil, what they, and Philip, you might be able to speak to this too. It is that's also, what they do yeah. every you're, time. More in writing uh, than live performance, it is a matter of you're recalling another thing yeah and very much so and yeah. so you know like how a song resonated with you and then you're like how do i how do i get that what's the touch what's the tone yeah and sometimes it's from a totally different genre and it's from a totally different yep. time of your life but you can make it speak that in that way that's yeah gonna transcend and when you when you succeed it's when people get it oh that's the juice yeah so, yeah one of my favorite songs of all time is dobie gray's Ripped away uh-huh which is all over this record. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah, I hear that. And it's and and Dobie Gray's Drift Away is a one hit wonder. Dobie Gray really didn't have like a bunch of like uh, like a long career with like right. eighty seven hits and a rock and roll hall of fame career. But Drift Away is amazing. Because it takes all of that stuff that's that that is good mm-hmm. in various genres and streamlines it. Into like a thing they could blow bowl over anything. Well, and drift away too coalesces um, a time period, right? And that's what this record does. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, but I don't. I, I don't think it does it on a large scale. It does. I think it, it coalesces that experience of just recording in that room. Right, because they were yeah. in point. They were in point, Port Saint Joe. Yeah. And imagine if you woke up every day and that's what you saw. Yeah. You right. were just in Kauai. I was just in Kauai. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it was. I, I did not make any beats as I promised. You. <laughs> uh, I took, no, my, no, little, no, no I took sick, my little rolly light block. No sick beats. No sick beats. Uh, <laughs> also, I was forbidden to by my lady because, <laughs> because middle aged men should not make beats. But that, that's not going to stop. Me. Shout out um, to Just Blaze. Yeah. Just Blaze. <laughs> you know who this could work with? Like, you know the intersection of where, uh, like. The, how the black keys are like right where mm. they have fans. And I'm not talking about their music, but how they have fans in rock and kind of bro country. Yeah. Like yeah. if you put on the black keys for like a bro country guy, they'd be like, yeah, I like that. Like people who are fans of Dan Auerbach, I think would like yeah. this album and yeah, all yes. of his projects, not just, you know, the arcs, black keys, his solo stuff. And, like, and, and that's why I would, I would hesitate to call it country. Yeah. Um, because, whether it's a real thing or not, a lot of what I see when I when I watch country award shows or see what's coming at is people making records that are aware of some agenda, national agenda that they have to live up to, that they have to they have to sort of be able to plug into this. And this is now um they're not I don't I don't think they're doing that. I, I think they're like, now you you can come hang out over here and if you like country, you mm. get you you are gonna like this. So we are definitely like influenced by country music, but uh, we're just sort of doing this thing, you know. That yeah. everybody can come like just come hang out, and so I can see if you enjoy yourself. And that, I mean, that's all you need in an album, right? That's kind of remarkable. Yeah. It, it, this is probably like everybody that likes the Casey Musgraves record is not going to like this record. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, no, I but I, I say this. No, because, I hear what you're saying. That, I yeah, say yeah. this because, like, the writers won't write about it like they write about right, Musgraves. Right. There's you have to like, and this is the thing about country. And to get back to to tie this thing all the way right. together, the thing about country music is like, if you if you know the genre. And you know the history of it, and you understand how every other genre has interplayed with country before. Then stuff like this really stands out, yeah, in a way that like makes the Casey Musgraves record, for as great as it is, and, and trust me, it's great, makes it feel expected. Mm-hmm. When you hear them play, and when you hear the 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 guy pick up the slide. And do like the the the, the, the slide little, yeah, the little, little like you know flourish. It's like okay, yeah, these guys clearly know all of the music, and they choose to make this you know record in this folky country sort of like very easily acceptable way. Th- think about if uh, as good as because these are good whole songs, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? But mm-hmm. but you know, Philip, you and I both were like the lyrics either get there or they don't. Mm. Think about if they hit a phase where they're writing like Randy Travis, oh, right? Pair that level, or they just get Laurie McKenna to come in and write a little song. Uh, I was gonna say that. I was literally you know, gonna say but, that. But but pair that with what they've discovered now about themselves. They're stretching out of whatever mold people were trying to put them into, and mm-hmm. pair that with these like Dylan esque pieces of work. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
that I mean, I'm I'm super happy with this, but I, I can't wait to hear that album. Yeah. I, I, I think they got an them. Yeah, it seems like a a band that's got a career yeah. ahead of them, you know? It's which is cool. <laughs> you don't always think that after like I don't know. That's not always my final thought after an album. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh yeah, so the point is don't know if it's country, don't know what it is, but uh you should go out and get it. Just really good music. Like I said, yeah. I always would say with country, country's making the best music in the world right now. Mm-hmm. They've been doing this for like the last like maybe three years, I think, like really demonstrably making strides to like make the world's best music. And if you're not aware, then like your your favorite journalist is going to tell you very soon. <laughs> I'm yep. certain of this. Yep. <laughs> but, but dig but, deeper. Don't who's Ashley. What was it? The I don't want I don't want to call that out. But uh, a, re- a recent like big country album and the songs are, aren't good yeah it's like just fucking if, if you are liking the twang if you're yeah. liking any of don't this be afraid of it yeah dig in like anything like if you if you like saxophone and then you hear uh, fucking like bitches brew and like oh my god what's going on <laughs> you know or horn like don't be scared of it just like dig into it and you will find stuff like this you can go deeper and find i mean this you pull this thread and you go all so so many different directions. Yeah, you have like yeah. there's like there's like forty years of really phenomenal music yeah. that you will discover if you like this album. Yep. So that's all I have to say. Yep, cool. Thank you guys for hanging out and uh and uh, maybe uh Philip, you should go to the show too. Okay. Yeah. Merryweather. Merryweather, yeah. yeah. Country. Eduardo, you've been replaced on the country panel. <laughs> Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> In a honky tonk jukebox. Slipped up and ate shit in a pothole parking lot. I gave a damn good cousin to a big door man. Port St. Joe is available everywhere you can buy records this Friday. Um, Brothers Osborne are unleashing this thing upon the world. It's a There's a first listen going on at, over at NPR right now, so you can check that out. But. Uh, Friday will be everywhere. I suggest you go out and get it, or at least try it out. If you're on the streaming services, give it a shot. you got nothing to lose. You already paid for it. Come on, give them a stream. Uh, if you go out, uh, be careful on Saturday. Saturday is record store day. And for us olds, uh, shit gets crazy. Um, but uh, I, I, have, I haven't been out in many years to record store day, but this year they are releasing a, a 4LP dead set from the Fillmore. That uh that I need in my life because I crave that shit. Uh, it's a weakness. I have a problem with it, but oh well. And uh, so that's going to be out there. And uh, honestly, whatever record store in town has it can uh, can at me at Chunky Glasses around like noon if you still have it, and I will come to you and I will give you my money. Uh, but neither here nor there. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk to you about Moon Dog. This is a band I uh, got on my radar a couple years ago. Probably got on your radar too. Uh, you know, after the jam band explosion of the 90s, and then you have the wilkification uh, of a lot of bands in the in the aughts, uh, we saw uh, a lot of sort of melding of all this stuff, and especially in like the Pacific Northwest, where these guys are from. Uh, this is solid uh, folk writing with, with extended um, pastoral jams, atmospheres, if you will, and they're just great. And 
you know, they've been gone a couple of years, but now they're back with the Love Sleeps Deep. And so we've got a track for you off that. And this is actually one of the best tracks on the album, uh, Soviet Barnfire. <laughs>
I warned you that that track would jam, and jam it did. Uh, I am. We may end up reviewing this album. I I, uh, I was I was cautiously uh, skeptical about it, and after many a few listens, uh, that skepticism is sort of wiping, washing away into oh yeah. So good on the Moon Doggies, man. They are they are back, and uh, if they tour, I've never seen them so. Moon Doggies, if you're listening, come tour DC. Uh, maybe we can put you up. Be a good, good, good old time. Um, that is it. We are out of here. This is your podcast for this Thursday. If you liked what you heard, you know the deal. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating or message there. Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can listen to us there. If you have any questions or comments, uh, always on the site at www.chunkyglasses.com or uh, you can actually email us at podcast at chunkyglasses.com. So, if you were like just listening to our conversation about music journalism and like you guys are spot on that I have some stuff to add or like fuck you guys you don't know what the fuck you're talking about and you need to add stuff to that you can do it there uh, or just leave it there's always a comment section in the post uh, that doesn't uh, for this doesn't get that bad um, as always thanks to our podcast host Pippa Pippa.io give him a few bucks uh, I, don't know, I, think it's, I don't know how much it is but uh, you can go there and check for yourself and uh, you can have your podcast up and running and out into the world in a very short time. And they are super responsive and helpful. And uh, they're just great. We have been with them for about a year and change. And uh, not only do we get to see metrics, but they, uh, they've they helped increase traffic. So we just did 70,000 downloads for um, a year and like three months, year and four months, I think, which... Uh, for a little thing that is done in a basement in Washington D.C., ain't too ain't too fucking shabby. Uh, and as always, uh, thanks to the great Jamal Gray for uh, letting us use his music, Aquatic Gardener. That's the music you hear underneath here. You can find him at Uptown Art House and all around the cosmos. Uh, we're gonna be back next week. Uh, we have, I know we're gonna have one of our Sounds of D.C. things going. Uh, we're either gonna be reviewing Nels Klein's new album or Janelle Monae is coming. We're going we're gonna to talk about that album, but uh, I'm not sure when we're going to actually talk about it. So uh, hang tight till then. Uh, go out and see some live music and, and you know, live your life and do all that. You know, We'll be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>